You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Please welcome to the stage the wonderful David Shenton. Hello. I've kind of drawn the short straw, really, tonight, because I, I just had a ten, like a two-minute joke to tell you about halfway through the evening, but I had a phone call about five o'clock saying, um, can you just make that a ten-minute... So it's a, this is a, this is a two-minute joke stretched to an extra eight minutes. <laughs> and the other thing is that everybody else who's coming, who's supposed to be here is still in Pizza Express, so I'm on first. <laughs> anyway, my name's David... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's it's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Anyway, so uh, that's why I'm using the script again. I'm sorry, I really should remember it, uh, but I've only wrote this. It's still hot, this. <laughs> it's not... My name's David. I'm a self-employed illustrator and cartoonist, which means I'm hunched over a desk for hours on end and rarely speaking to anybody. So I've always given up a day each week to volunteer to do something different, some work that means standing up, part of a team and out of my comfort zone. I've tried several charities but usually ended up producing their newsletters. <laughs> I lived in London at that time, at the time this story takes place, and on a trip to the zoo I saw a notice that they were looking for volunteers. I could do that. I applied and became a member of the Monday hospitality team. Mondays are nice and quiet, except my first day was Bankology Monday. The very first job I had to do showed me what I was up against. I had to hand out a paper map of the grounds to each party that came through the gates. I don't really like to laugh at people's mistakes, mispronunciations. People can't say okapi and I say, where's the okapi? That sort of thing, you know, you don't. Um, and uh, misunderstanding. But I gave this man his map. And after a minute, he called me back and said, this map is useless. I said, why? He said, it doesn't say you are here on it anywhere. <laughs> and it takes you like, in that split second to realise what rubbish that is. <laughs> After a few Mondays of pointing out to where the toilets are and answering questions like what time are the penguins fed and does the shop sell frog pencils and how much are they, I got my own trolley. And now these are education trolleys and I'm allocated a station in the reptile house and on my trolley is a crocodile skull so you can count the teeth between 60 and 70 and see how they are designed for ripping rather than chewing. Some people think I'm selling these things and ask me how much it is. Especially the huge python skin that was confiscated by Her Majesty's Customs. I was explaining to these children that snake scales are made from the same stuff as your fingernails and could they imagine what it must be like to be covered all over with fingernails? And their mum said, acrylic? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keratin, okay. After a year or so of working with the trolleys, you get the opportunity to become a keeper volunteer. I decided to join the invertebrates team and 
work in the bug house. And I stayed there for 15 years, every Monday for 15 years. I got quite good at my work and became a full-time zookeeper for a few summer seasons. Um, the work became so much more interesting. Zookeepers are absolutely smashing people who say things that sound so outrageous to the untrained ear. Don was late for work. His, his excuse? He had to drop off a fecal sample on the way in. Don again. He'd been eating macadamia nuts that morning, but this time he was holding a black widow's egg sack, which is exactly the same size and the same shape as the macadamia nut. And my friend Craig walked in and went, Oh, and ate it. We said, <laughs> He spat it out again. <laughs> But, and I, I can't believe there's that much venom in, you know, it, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then Craig again, he said, David, what does artisanal mean? I said, well, it means it's kind of homemade and quite tasty. He said, oh, I don't know. I, I can never eat anything with the word anal in it. My job is to give the spider talk every day. I hold a giant red knee bird eater, you know, there's, and called Maggie, on the fat of my hand. I asked the little boy, are you coming to hear the spider talk? And he said, spiders can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but the job I'm here to talk about fits more into the never say never theme than these improbabilities. My station in the bug house consists of 30 or more exhibits that need to be maintained each day. I have the leafcutter ants that run along the whole front hall on thick ropes and carry bits of cut-off leaves back to the nest. When the Olympics were on in 2012, we printed rice paper with tiny international flags and cut them into tiny squares so the leafcutter ants could carry them along like the opening ceremony <laughs> of the Olympics. <laughs> I looked after the plague of locusts who need their sand sifted every day. You have to wear, you know, a complete mask and things. Uh, and you have to sift the sand, and, and that's disgusting. Um, and, and leave them fresh leaves and corn on the cobs to destroy, which has gone in, I don't know, two hours. I have the infested cockroach kitchen, which is a sink with leftover dirty plates. The exhibit looks uh, disgraceful and messy without being anything of the sort. And I also had to look after the dung beetles. Now, the scarabs are deified in Egypt, Kepri, who represents the, si the rising sun. They are coprophagus, which means they eat, live, and breed in dung. And they like it fresh. The visitors like to see they have plenty and love watching them rolling the poo along with their back legs. And it's my job to see the beetles get plenty, but not too much. This dung should really come from an animal from the same country as the scarab. At the zoo we have camels, crocodiles and donkeys. I have to choose the nicest looking poo and arrange it inside the beetle's tank. Camel poo is a bit like sheep pellets or large rabbits. Crocodile poo is totally disgusting, like birds, crocs el eliminate urine and excrement together. And I'm not picking that up for anybody. So the most attractive poo of the three is the donkeys, rather like thick, round Weetabix. 
Lots of nutrition and great for rolling into balls. Now, the beetles don't need fresh poo every day. Too much might be fatal in their natural habitat. They might come across the stuff every fourth day. But visitors expect to see poo inside the exhibit. Otherwise, they are swift to complain about neglect. So on the non-food days, I put some poo I've already prepared, collected and left to dry in the sun on a radiator or heat pad until bone dry. Then with matte yacht varnish and a paintbrush, I cover the dung, allow it to dry and pile the hardened poo as a stage set in the tank alongside... <laughs> Along, alongside some little balls of poo for the beetles to play with. I can use these time and time again, just getting them out of the cupboard, giving them a little dusting off. And there we are, disproving the old saying, you can never polish a turd, because I've done it time and time again. <laughs> Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writer Centre Norwich. 